hilarious, you know, yeah. mustache-twisting villain. I love Niska, but... I've got three different synopses. And Pick one and bring us in. And, uh, well, each one Andy's, is... Andy's off today, I forgot. Two are long... <laughs> two, are long <laughs> two are long, one is extremely short. So Pick whichever one you think is best. <sighs> I guess I'll go... Did you look at anything beyond length? Did you actually read either of them? That's what she said. <laughs> no, I have been looking at like what's in each one. Whichever one you think is is the the best actual synopsis, just pick that one and go. Mm. Actually, these are the. Should we come back in like an hour? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm going to synopsize the synopsis and uh... synopsize the hell out of this episode. <laughs> I'll use the one where we've been using them on. Um... The wiki. Wiki, wiki, wow. So, you know, a lot of torture and, and, and fun ensues. Torture, torture, torture. Anyway. Mal gets killed several times. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Mr. Robinson. Only one that we saw. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Keep Em Flying. Not Keep Em Flying, but Keep Em Flying. I am... Uh, Doctor. I'm not sure of who you are, apparently. I was trying to come up with a catchy name. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I... Shepard Robinson? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm this guy, and he's that guy. I was another guy. I, I was going to say I was Dr. Niska. <laughs> that would be a good Bond villain, Dr. Niska. Dr. Niska. We're much alike, you and I, Mr. Bond. Let me torture you a little... And Sean Yu, uh, you're the uh, poet that he talks about. Bill Yu. <laughs> Robinson Yu. Zhang, Zhang Robinson, that's me. I'm Zhang Robinson, and with me, as you have heard, uh, there was, uh, uh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, the problem with this show is it sounds too scripted, Bill. <laughs> no, yeah, clearly. <laughs> you know, I did a private message with someone uh, who was talking about one of the other shows and I started to ramble in the method. As you can see, my on-air persona is the same as who, who I am in real life. So there's there's no you know shtick when I'm on the air. That's really me. And Maybe it, actually you should introduce your your, your guest. Ah, ah. <laughs> With us again this episode, <laughs> as was last time, is our uh, illustri well one of my illustrious co-hosts, Mister Scott McGregor. McGregor. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. Once more with feeling. Yeah, once more. <laughs> and also is my other co-host, uh, who you often hear on Back to the Bins, would be producer Paul Spataro. Hello. And some that, was that with feeling? Was that good? That Hello. Was good. Oh, very impressive. And some critical English bloke. <laughs> Andrew Leyland. Yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> today we are discussing everything. On... But the everything, audience yes. will never hear that. Yes. Yeah, the outtakes are dangerous for this show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> things that you know in public. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that didn't that sound worse than actually what we were talking about? <laughs> Let them use their imagination. Yes. It's always worse when they use their. Imagination. But no, we are talking about. Uh, the uh, yeah, Firefly episode War Stories. That's it. Um, let's see. Any 
so, so have, we, have we come up with any new Firefly news from the last episode that finished 20 minutes ago? I hear they might get back on the air. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a video game in production. That too, yeah. Castle's still canceled. <laughs> a line of underoos possibly coming out. Oh, really? Oh, no. Why not? <laughs> I want the Inara underoos, please. <laughs> I want... You see, you want the Inara... Under whose I want Inara's under whose, <laughs> which is equally creepy. Ooh, ooh. She's well, in Deadpool. Could... What? She's in Deadpool. Oh, I thought you were saying yeah, she's she is. dead. I'm like, yeah, what? Very prominently displayed in Deadpool too. I mm. like her in Deadpool. She's also on. Well, she was on Gotham. I don't know if uh, they're going to bring her character back. I would say of everybody in this show, she's had the most visible career. Right. She yeah. was in Stargate for a while. In the new V. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Homeland. Yeah, that's true, too. Oh. Good to see him. You know, I mean, Nathan Fillion found a successful show that ran for, whatever, eight seasons. Yeah. But she's been bouncing around and just being, like I said, very visible. Gina Torres is busy, too. She's, she shows up. I mean, usually character actor stuff. She shows up in a few mm-hmm. episodes. She was in Hannibal for a while as uh, Jack Crawford's wife. And, uh, mm. I wonder how she got yeah, that uh, role. What? I wonder how she got that role. I don't know. She's married to Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh, okay. I did not know that. But, well, there you go. No wonder their chemistry was so amazing. Mm. <laughs> that lucky bastard. <laughs> uh, Alan Tudyk's been, you know, he's been uh, little character things here and there. Um, Is in that new DC show? Which, which one? Which the one? The comedy one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Be like an insurance company in the DC universe or something that effect. Oh, I did not know that. What what um, network is that going to be on? No clue. I've not seen anything about it. I just know it's been picked up. Apparently, in the trailer, he's reading the autobiography of Lex Luthor. Nice. Okay. Huh. Now, is this going to be linked to the CW universe in any way? It's going to be like off to the side, so they can mention everybody. Fifteen. Yeah. No one will ever ever actually appear, apparently. It's going to be like the version of Damage Control. Yeah, which mm. is also coming out. So. Yeah. Oh, has anybody seen the season finale of Flash? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. Did, uh, did everybody say yes? Yes. 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 Okay, all right. I, I just didn't want to accidentally spoil or have something spoiled for somebody. So. No, no way that could end badly. That was awesome! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... The finale of season one was better. Um, well, that's yeah, not, yeah. That's not I, insulting this one. It's just that one really had me. Like when, when Jay Garrick's helmet came across, that had me oh, yeah. Totally yeah. out last time. I didn't totally get this one, but I enjoyed it. The writers keep writing checks that I hope the special effects department can keep cashing. That's for sure. <laughs> They're not holding anything back. <laughs> No, that's true. I mean, they're they're really going. Uh, well, you know, I mean, change the. You got to change the flow a little bit because you've had two super speedster villains as the focus of the first two seasons. I don't think you want to do that the third season now. Well, speaking of budgetary concerns, I couldn't help but notice like both the finale for Flash and Arrow kind of had a lot of characters going away, not in bad ways, but just like. It seemed like a lot of them were going off and doing their own things and may not be on the show anymore. So I'm wondering if there's... It certainly some... leaves them in a good position to negotiate bringing them back. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You don't, you don't want to accept <laughs> what we're going to give you? Goodbye. 
Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, Legends of Tomorrow is pretty much the same, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I haven't gotten to to that yet. Well, my question is... I'm about three episodes behind on that one. Will the end of Flash affect the Arrow show? Are they going to actually... I think it might. I think that would be very cool if it does, actually. Hmm. But this is not a flash bar. No, it's nothing to do with that was DC our side, universe at all. <laughs> that was our flash sidebar. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I guess with no new Firefly news, we will just mosey on into the synopsis. And like I said, we are discussing. I believe this is this is from season one, episode ten, War Stories, directed by James Conter. Con- oh man, names. Why does it have to be names? <laughs> Show a little backbone, will you? Contner. Yeah. yeah, there. Contner. Well, I didn't want to say it too quickly. It might sound like something else. That's right. <laughs> we have a Brit among us. We can that, use that word. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's that's true. That 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 <laughs> they they do like to change O's to U's, and then Mr. Contner's name would not be that nice. <laughs> <laughs> Poor James Contner. <laughs> Ooh, that was close. Oh. Anyway. Written by Cheryl Kane. Our synopsis goes like this. Oh, boy, it's a long one. <clears throat> on Serenity, as Simon reviews the data he collected on in oh, on River in Ariel, Shepard Book looks over his shoulder, musing about a warrior poet named Zhang Yu. Book cites a Zhang Yu quote that suggests that the way to truly learn about someone is to torture them. Well, wouldn't that just be called marriage? Oh. And wonders if this was the purpose behind the brain surgery done on River. Simon disagrees, believing there was a specific goal the unknown surgeons were hoping to achieve. Elsewhere, crime lord Adeli, Adelini, we'll just call him Niska, is having another betrayer tortured, also alluding to Adele Niska, I believe. Adele? Adele, Adele. Shang Yu. Shang Yu. Shang Yu. Shang Yu. You know, Shang Yu too, okay? His new lieutenant, Victor, interrupts him to announce a nearby Firefly-class ship that might belong to Malcolm Reynolds, the man who abrogated a business arrangement with Niska. Niska orders his men to fetch the culprit. Back on Serenity, Kaylee playfully chases River around the cargo bay after the, uh, after the girl took her apple, despite Jane having contributed a crate's worth to the ship's stores. Once she takes hold of the apple, Kaylee claims that no power in the verse can stop me. Amid the noise, Inara urges Mal to respect the privacy of her imminently arriving client, a local counselor of some political importance. Mal reassures her that he won't cause a scene like in the earlier one, Shindig, that nearly got him killed. Inara is also concerned about the other crew ogling her client. <laughs> You're my bunk. <laughs> Later, Zoe and Walsh puzzle over Jane's generosity as they munch on the apples. Kaylee asks why Zoe and Mal always cut their apples, and Zoe and Mal, who joins Zoe. them, Zoe, Zoe, whatever. <laughs> the why is silent when I say it. That well-known married couple, Zoe and Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't interrupt your guys' synopses. Okay, check your brown coat at the door, Robinson. <laughs> Done. Done. Oh, but this is so much fun. <laughs> uh, tell a war story about Griswolds. Well, the Griswolds from the, the National Library. <laughs> See, I paused there just for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
tiny pressure-sensitive explosive grenades that were embedded in apples by Alliance troops. Man, what a bunch of assholes. Now, Walsh sardonically embellishes the story, annoyed at the frequent references to his wife's long history with the captain. Mal vetoes Walsh... Uh, God damn it! <laughs> Mal vetoes Walsh's idea to improve their profit from the medicine sales by bypassing the local middlemen. Wash is surprised by this because Zoe had told him that she hadn't run it by the captain. What was that? Somebody say something? No, I was laughing. <laughs> Later, Zoe attempts to admits to Wash, man, so much thought here that she had that she had mentioned it. Mal disagreed. She accepted his judgment and then lied to Wash to spare his feelings. This makes Wash all the more upset because of her casual deference to Mal and dishonesty with him. In the Tam's quarters, River reminisces about her fun with Kaylee, but her chaotic thoughts intrude on her despite Simon's treatments. Elsewhere, Book chides Kaylee and Jane for trying to steal a peek at an R's arriving client, who turns out to be a woman. Against the crew's expectations... <laughs> oh, against the crew's... <sighs> Jane's lecherous response... I'll be in my bunk. Becomes a running gag throughout the episode. Preparing the, the rest of my life, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Preparing the shuttle for their business running, Zoe and Mal discover that it has been sabotaged by Wash, who demands that he go with Mal to the meeting. He explains that he wants to take Zoe's place at Mal's side so they don't bring back yet another tale of adventure-laden bonding. An annoyed Zoe leaves them to their mission, and Mal reluctantly agrees, more concerned about getting underway than participating in a domestic dispute. In her quarters, Inara massages the counselor while remarking that when she chooses her rare female clients, she does so because they are extraordinary in some way and hints, and hints that the counselor's gift is allowing Inara to be, uh, uh, allowing Inara herself to relax and serve her own needs as well as the counselor's. Meanwhile, She's still just using her lying whore voice. <laughs> she tells men the same thing. What? No, she's not. A, she, she's a good person. She's a whore. <laughs> you can dress Are, it up as companion all you want. but uh, You wound me, sir. Meanwhile, Wash defends his assumption of Zoe's role to Mao. Or, or, yeah, defends his assumption of Zoe's role to Mal and winds up hauling the merchandise to the meeting. <laughs> As the deal goes down, the middlemen are killed by snipers who suddenly arise from the sand and capture Mal and Wash. Later, as Inara bids goodbye to her client, Zoe becomes concerned about what happened to their missing crewmates. Book volunteers... <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't mispronounced Book. I'm calling Bach. <laughs> volunteers to accompany them at the deserted meeting site and, and determines the weaponry used to take their people. Zoe notices the abandoned supplies and a burn trail left on the ground by a short-range uh, craft, not commonly part of a spaceship, but a station. The evidence implicates Niska in the kidnapping. On Niska's skyplex, the kidnappers, the kidnappies bicker, with Wash becoming increasingly in incensed about the danger that Mal regularly exposes Zoe to <laughs> and that she obeys Mal. See, now I was contemplating like every other sentence going <laughs> much like they were in the show. Uh, Wash 
questions Miles' assertion that his first mate doesn't blindly obey him, but Maul backs it up by claiming uh, he told her not to marry Wash. Uh, Niska appears and begins his... How do you say that, Scott? Uh, Shang Yu. Thank you. Inspired torture. But Wash and Maul spend the entire time continuing their... Malcolm Reynolds. Well, but it says Maul right here. I don't need to say Malcolm. (laughs) Spend the entire time continuing their bickering. Hey, do you want to come back on this show? (laughs) Yes, I do. I'll shut up now. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All the while refusing to acknowledge the torture. Maul notices that Walsh's anger... (coughs) That... Wash's anger keeps him <laughs> from collapsing, so he hints about a sexual history with Zoe. Wash, however, is sure this never happened and claims that Mal should sl- should sleep with her, just so his wife could get get past what Wash feels is a fixation on her captain. Mal accepts to keep Wash from breaking. Meanwhile, Zoe collects all the funds remaining from the Ariel job in order to pay off Niska to release her shipmates counting on his perverse code to treat this as a business transaction. She turns out to be correct, but Niska declares that she has only enough money to secure one man's release. Expecting to be entertained by Zoe's dilemma, Niska is disappointed when she chooses her husband before he even finishes his taunt. Niska claiming she paid a little bit extra severs Miles' ear and gives it to Zoe as a refund. That was nice, and who else that hears the Steeler's wheel go through their heads every time that happens? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> By the time Zoe gets washed back to the shuttle, she immediately prepares a rescue mission. The rest of the crew, including a initially reluctant Jane and a very calm book, choose to assist Wash and Zoe while Inara tries to gain to gain assistance from the counselor. Wash takes Serenity in a powered down mode for a precision stealth breach, allowing the crew to board the station before the defenders can respond. After Mal has endured further torture without breaking down, Niska has a device affixed to Mal's chest, which forces tiny tendrils underneath his, underneath his skin, causing extreme pain. The treatment kills Mal, but his tormentors revive him, leaving the weakened captain lying unrestrained on a table as they slice him with wire cutters. As Zoe leads Jane and Wash down the tor- towards the torture room, Book, Simon, and Kaylee stay behind to prevent the station personnel from taking the ship. While Book and Simon hold their own, Kaylee is emotionally unable to attack and retreats when pressed by enemy gunfire. River, who has stayed out of the gunfight until this point, appears and takes Kaylee's pistol. After a quick glimpse at the three attackers, River emerges, closes her eyes, and kills the enemy troops with three rapid, precise shots. She then proudly tells Kaylee, no power in the verse can stop me, mimicking Kaylee from the earlier Apple incident. Kaylee looks at River clearly horrified. Deep inside the Skyplex, the intrusion alarm distracts Niska. Mal uses the distraction to take out the torturer with uh, to take out the torturer with the same tendril-producing device used on him earlier. As Mal starts to beat the retreating Niska, the torturer recovers, giving his boss a chance to escape. The rescuers arrive to find Mal being throttled by the torturer. Though Zoe initially suggests Mal must face his torture alone, he exclaims in the opposite, No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and the crew guns the torturer down. Later, Mal joins the crew in Serenity's cargo hold where he fiddles with his ear, reattached courtesy of equipment supplied by the counselor. 
Simon expresses discomfort at shooting people, but Book reassures him that it is unlikely he actually shot anyone in the gunfight. <laughs> in the dining room, in a display of marital, marital devotion, Zoe serves her recuperating husband some soup. Mal enters to remind Wash of, of the agreement they made during the torture. To Wash, to Wash's objections, he explains to Zoe about their mutual burning sexual tension. Zoe plays along, and just as the war veterans awkwardly move in to embrace each other, Jane walks in and comments that something about that was <laughs> downright unsettling. An irate Wash finally gets up, dragging his wife off. Jane immediately descends upon the abandoned soup. We'll be in there, bunks. <laughs> ah, everybody's still here. Everyone's here. This is that no matter what, no matter how we pronounce anybody's name, we either do it correctly or they're going to take it as we're making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> we have carte blanche to say names however we please now. Okay. <clears throat> so, did did you guys notice when the guy and he fell? Thing he fell down and got cut in half, yeah, like Darth Ball style. No, I missed that too. Damn. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he like he hit one thing, bounced, and then a blade cut him in half, and his body fell in half, and he kept dropping down that shaft. I was like, oh man, such I just see something shiny in a different corner or something. I miss all details. I don't. Oh well, you probably didn't catch the cars in the desert either, did you? Yeah, we did. Oh, is this the episode? No, I had read about it, but I, I totally no. Yeah, right. Right after when they pull back to a long shot after they're looking to where uh, Mal and uh, Wash were were captured, um, Zoe says, "You know, well, they didn't take take the goods." And then they pull back. If you look right to the left on, on the screen, you see there's a road back there, and like three cars just go back and forth on the road. Yeah. Now. They're Maybe not very because... far from that road at all, are they? No, I mean it's like well, probably what, like two. Two miles, maybe? If, it if doesn't that, look that yeah. Far. It looks like it's walkable from the road, wherever it is that they are. I mean, the cars look a little bit bigger than, like, matchbox car size when they're on the road. So it's pretty close. Yeah. There's nothing to say this planet doesn't have some kind of internal combustion engine vehicle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why would you make a, a meeting rendezvous close to a, a public road? <laughs> it's easy to yeah. get to. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a popular place for Stein meetings. Yeah, yeah but I, smuggling sort. we don't need roads. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, no, but that's just minor. And you know, it's when this show was out, we didn't have 40, 50, 60 inch TVs because yeah, I'm watching this on a forty inch TV, and I'm only about you know ten feet from it when 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 I watch it. So I'm like, oh wow, look at that. You know, I never noticed that before on a smaller TV. Yeah, uh, gotta love Niska. Yes, <laughs> he said, that, "Yeah, talk about you know the perfect textbook. Practically, you know, if he wasn't kind of a Russian analog, um, Russian slash German evil doctor type analog, he would be the perfect, you know, mustache twisting guy in a black hat for a space western. Anyway, uh, guess his minions are a little more like that, but great torture." Just hilarious and, and heart wrenching all at the same time. You know? Oh yeah, that they they <laughs> as they're fighting they they keep um, you know they'll say a few sentences and oh, yeah, but it's just the comic rhythm of it is just perfect and that they'll you know get done 
with a line, you know, one or the other saying something, you know, basically slamming the other or whatever. Um, and then just, yeah, it hit, hit the zapper. And <laughs> it's, it's almost like a, it's, it's the punchline. It's, it's your applause and your laugh, Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think Wash is lucky that uh, Zoe loves him so much because he, he kind of crosses a line a couple times earlier. You know, basically, kind of just makes stuff like you know her her former comrades in arms getting blown up at the you know at the uh, rib cage from eating you know grenade mm-hmm. uh, that would get his ass in the doghouse for about a year. Uh, if not flat out punched <laughs> by Zoe <laughs> or Mal, for that matter. But. Yeah, I I was a little surprised that Mal let him cross the line and kind of basically usurp his orders for the purposes of this mission. Yeah, uh, I, I I wouldn't have thought that he would allow that. I thought that was slightly out of character for that. He, yeah, because we've already seen that Mal doesn't bend very often on on matters like that when his word is law on that ship. And and, and it, you know, realistically, we could be talking about a matter of life and death here because we yeah. know Zoe is so so much more competent than than Walsh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, the I think question that, is, did he think that this was going to be a no big deal mission and that it was OK? You know, I'll let him flex his muscles a little bit here just to, to ultimately make him more comfortable in the long run. Or did he, you know, did he totally bend where he shouldn't have? Well, no, Mel, Mel saw exactly what was going on, I think, because he's, you know, he knows his crew that well. And he, I mean, he must have experienced this friction before. You've got to think. Uh, you know, he was the one that ordered Zoe not to marry him in the first place, after all. Uh, so his miscalculation was that he just didn't think that this was going to be a dangerous mission. Right. right. I think right. that was pretty expressly stated, too. Um, you know, he figured it was going to be a milk run. Just, you know, yeah. go in, drop it off, come back. <laughs> Makes him uh, carry the carry the case. Yeah, so I think... Uh, Which clearly that could have been a two-person carry. But Mal took that, was, that was a little... Fair, uh, the road of um, of greater resistance just to ease, you know... The the highlight uh, from freaking out a little bit. <laughs> the carrying the case joke I thought was a little forced because he said something about you know you're gonna learn how to do all these things and then the next one next scene is you know, whatever how, ten minutes later I, I'm learning how to carry the case. Uh, like the timing of that was dependent on the cut. Yeah, yeah. And and that just didn't seem real to me. That didn't seem like a conversation you'd have right. that way. And I was you know purely there for comic relief. But, you know, no. it's a minor criticism. Yeah, I think but, I think they probably felt they needed to have a little bit of comic relief at the beginning because the rest of this episode is two characters we love being tortured. Yeah. Which is quite hard going, even though Mal tries to keep it light so that Wash doesn't black out. Yeah, they're fantastic performances on both of their parts, man. Mm. They're, really, they're really selling the pain that they're in. i, I got to give them that. I think especially... Uh, Especially Alan Tudyk is just he—he he looks like he's he's going bye bye there a couple of times and it's, you you buy it. He's well, a great facial actor and he's a great expressive actor. When when Zoe comes in and she's quote unquote forced to choose and she immediately chooses her husband, I think it's <clears throat> not not just because it's her husband, but because she feel or not that Wash is weaker than Mal. But that Mal, Mal could probably take more, and she needed to get, you know, Wash out of there. 
Yeah. Wash is weaker than Mal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's just a given. Yeah. I don't think Wash would debate that with you. I don't think Mal no, would debate no. that with you. Yeah. It's just a given. Uh, and yeah, and, and Mal could survive the torture longer. And Mal is also the captain and probably would have said, take Wash. Right. right. In, a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And it's, you know, nice that we didn't have that trope of, oh, which one do I choose? And, you know, it's, oh, yeah. That's what was brilliant about it, that she knew that she <laughs> just deflated, you know, Niska completely, too, because he was, well, she, which, doesn't, which, she doesn't know that he'd been watching that whole drama. You know, they basically dumped the whole, the whole plot, um, you know, conflict between Zo- the whole triangle thing between Zoe, Mel, and and wash you know to niska he just got to sit he was loving it he was sitting back there watching these two you know get tortured nearly to death and they're arguing about you know the relationship with zoe and he's probably just loving it so he thought he was gonna just get another little sadistic joy by making her choose and but realized didn't think that it would be that cut and dried for zoe i don't think but because he doesn't get his sadistic joy is that why he cuts off mal's ear Yes, I that's, oh, what, sure. that's the way yeah. I took it. A little icing mm-hmm. on the cake there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since you didn't give me what I wanted, yeah. I'm going to get what I want by doing this. Yeah. And make you question whether or not you made the right decision. Mm-hmm. What about the scene in the middle with Inara's companion? Ooh. Want to see more or is he extended music. cut? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's to say about that? Um, it's everybody room, else's it's reactions to it. That, it, that oh, yeah, it. I mean, Especially <laughs> Kaylee. Kaylee's, yeah. oh, they look so glamorous. And Jane's, ah, uh, yeah, I'll be off in my bunk. Yeah, we got the, the best <laughs> Another good to come out of the show, you know, it was born in this episode. So how can you not love it? You know. And uh, then the uh, uh, book's even like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was funny. At first he's like, he's like, oh, you guys shouldn't be uh, doing this. And as soon as uh, Kaylee's like, oh, you know, they're here, he, he pops right up from where he's sitting and like, oh, yeah, well, let me see. Yeah, so the preacher was interested. <laughs> I, I I did get a big kick out of uh, Shepherd Book and how he handled himself in the uh, the raid. Oh yeah, he knew. Yeah. he knew what gun they had used. He knew uh, which um, you know is giving again. We get hints about a character's background just from a few scenes without smashing you over the head with it. Yeah, you get a lot from. I mean. You get a lot about Shepherd book, you know, the, the mystery box and, and the little sprinklings here and there. And the man, obviously, you know, was Shepherd all his life. So, you know. mm-hmm. Like maybe something happened in his life that made him ch- decide to go a different path in his life. Which, again, makes me very melancholy for the fact the show didn't get you know, a chance to tro- totally. Exp- I mean, I know I haven't seen four more episodes plus the movie. But I, even if they do give us information, it's not going to be in the slow, methodical way that we should have gotten it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess through these final four episodes, we're going to get it exactly the way that Whedon wanted it. But I'm assuming if we get a lot of information in the movie, it's going to be, I have to give you a lot of information now because I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance to do it again. Yeah. So it's not going to be the way, you know, either we're not going to get it at all and it's going to be unfulfilled or we're going to get it and we, we're going to know it's not the way it should have been. So that's, again, makes me sad knowing that the show, you know, got cut down before it had a chance to truly reach its stride, even as, even though they're putting out great episode after great episode now. Well, you so, know, you know about this. 
<laughs> you know about the Shepherd book comic, right, Paul? I mean, no, no, I don't. Uh, I, I have not read any comics yet. Oh no, I, 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 read I could any have sworn you guys talked about it on one of the episodes. We might have mentioned it, but I don't think we mentioned what happens. Right, right. But I mean, I, I'm actually uh, in the camp that I wish they'd never done that comic. I, I like some of my characters to have. I haven't read it, and so you know, don't spoil so it. They, for they me clarify either. his mystery. I guess, and I'm not a fan of that. It's kind of like the Wolverine origin. I kind of wish it never happened. But. Well, again, it, you know, it's, it's they're, they're giving you an info dump because yeah. that's the only way to get it out there at all, the, the backstory that they wanted to give you yeah. because they didn't get a chance to do it the right way. But I think it's great. We uh, Zoe calls, you know, Shepard out. This is where we get to examine his morality, his, his malleable uh, morality in that, yeah, I'm not supposed to kill anybody, but... The Bible's not specific about kneecaps. It's just a great line. Special effects are good in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like Niska's toys, and uh, I actually love the whole the book ending of it with the book at the beginning talking about Shen Yu and it, you know, dovetailing into. Yep, that's Niska's definitely a fan. You know, mm. he called that one Shepherd. <laughs> uh, it kind of overflows to River and that, you know, he was talking about, I wonder if the people that did this to River are similar to to Niska and that, you know, they were trying to see who she really is. Oh, yeah. I like that they're building up the subplots that carry from episode to episode now without actually making each episode part of an overall arc, which is one of yeah. the things I think has, has spoiled Legends of Tomorrow this year, in that this arc storytelling is now becoming every bit as formulaic as the telly we grew up with. That you know yeah. important events are going to happen based on how many episodes are in this season, and so yeah. you can, you can go into it going right episode fourteen, it's two part finale, something important's going to happen here, and I think that that Fireflies it's kind of juggling that slightly better than Buffy did in its later seasons, where it became very arc driven, and so did Angel to a certain extent. I much prefer this way of doing it that it's the, the River stuff is carrying on from Ariel and the Niska stuff is carrying on from the train job, but you don't have yeah. to have seen those two episodes. Right, yeah, not at all. Yeah, I I could actually go either way on that. I'm okay with the idea of the season-long story story arc, but I'm also... I also kind of like the single episodes with the plot threads thrown in. I think it's more if as long as the season-long story arc can support being a season-long story arc. Like, Game of Thrones doesn't struggle. No. But I think Legends of Tomorrow has struggled this year because the central idea was let's get Vandal Savage and that's all it was every episode. And yeah. you're like, well, they're not going to get Vandal Savage because the show's not ended. So it's it's becoming yeah. every bit as formulaic as being able to say, well, David Banner's going to hulk out 17 minutes and 42 minutes into every episode. <laughs> it's becoming that, whereas this this is balancing that ever so slightly. And I don't know how much of that may be down to Fox. We may have to give Fox some credit for saying, let's pull back on the serialized nature of the show this early into its run. And that well, they, they, made they made a really good call leaving people like they made a good call leaving people like Niska alive, you know, even at the end of the train job, they could have, they could have made the, the confrontation at the end of the train job with Niska himself and him getting kicked into the engine, you know, instead they just did a, a minion and it's like, Hey, we can bring him back later. And the same with the stuff with rivers and mind and, and what they learned in Ariel, you know, kind of works itself out a little bit. And, mm. and even the betrayal in Ariel, has ramifications and ripples for the rest of the season too. So they were very, and like bringing you know Badger, in in the um, in the pilot, you know being able. To but I, I also think it's it's a little 
unfair is not the word I'm looking for, but just a little uh, off to compare it to Legends of Tomorrow because Legends of Tomorrow, it's not a season-long story arc so much as it is the entire uh, reason for existing for this TV show. So what are they going to do in season two? Mm, well, but either they're still out after Vandal Savage or goodbye. There's no reason for the show to exist other than going after Vandal Savage. Maybe. <laughs> I think you haven't seen the finale. I've not seen the last episode not, yet. No. Even, even if the finale yeah. ends with them killing Vandal Savage, I haven't seen the end yet. But even if it ends with that, that doesn't say he's not resurrected next season somehow. Right. <laughs> no. Can't say anything. No. And you know what? It doesn't matter. And I'm not looking for spoilers here, but it doesn't matter how they killed him, what they did, how it ended. It's a comic book story. They can always resurrect everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Bring anybody back. The bi- the bigger thing, all I'll say, is the bigger thing is who shows up at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. You guys need to hurry up and go watch it. Mm-hmm. Back to war stories, I guess. Uh, back to war stories. Man, putting bombs in apples? What a bunch uh, that's of jerks. Just, you know, man. Is effective like, for oh, a you know, because that whole little story reminded me of the whole, um, you know, the um, back in World War One, the Germans yeah. and Americans at Christmas, and you think it's going to have like, why are they? It seems like such a happy story. Oh my God, they blew their heads off with apples. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that was that was definitely an inspiration for that particular they, story. But, he threw you know, us a basket of fruit. Yeah, you, you get, gotta love Josh for. Throwing in some Almost true makes horror me there. <laughs> cut open my fruit from now on. I know, right? Yeah. Is there a bomb in here? Yeah. I want to go back and watch the episodes and see if they do eat fruit like that. Yeah, <laughs> I right. Don't, I, I, I don't recall seeing Kaylee eat fruit before. I don't recall the yeah. rest. Yeah. Mm. Hasn't been an overabundance of it, you know. It's oh, and how about Kaylee? That was such a just a like heartwarming scene with Kaylee and River running around with the apple chase and. Yeah. Then later, man, poor Kelly. She's just totally. Uh, she's so she just locked up completely. Yeah, and we we finally get to see some of Rivers' uh, special badassery, yeah, in uh, in practice, which was pretty striking. Which scares the bejesus out of uh, out of Kaylee. Yeah, you know. Okay. And yet it saves their lives. So. Right. Yeah. Right. But it put you know it puts more of a dark cloud. You know, I mean. I thought of what might be a little plot hole, though. I mean, it wasn't, uh, I guess maybe it got lifted when they did the whole aerial thing, but wasn't River pretty much supposed to be confined to quarters? And she probably shouldn't have been running around and able to. Well, save no, she had day. been on the medication. Um, um, right. Simon had been giving her meds, and she seemed to be a little bit more normal. But then you had Stuff the discussion when they were in, in his, uh, in the quarters, and she was, you know, starting to slip. Like yeah. the meds weren't completely working. You know, maybe she was building up a tolerance, or just maybe the combination. I mean, I guess I don't. We don't know how much time passed between Ariel and that one, but I don't know if I believe that Mal would have lifted those restrictions quite so easily. It's like, well, I got her on some different meds. All right, yeah, let her roam free and grab weapons again. No problem. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Seems a little too soon, but hey, we had to have her save the day, so there you go. Nitpicking. Hey, that's why we do the show. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that the, that Nishka is a a key villain on the show because he's not physically, you know, a threat to Mal. 
Right. He's, he's, it's really just the behind, not even behind the scenes, but he's, you know, he's the manipulator with the, you know, yeah, the muscle you, behind him. But you don't have to be physically imposing to be a Yeah, he's the classic villain. gangster. Well, you would head, think you the know, arch enemy yeah. would be able to handle himself hand to hand with Mal as well. Oh, he's a pussy. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he's he, ran like he, he ran like a little like girl. Pro. Well, exactly. So well, it's, it's a little bit, it's, it's once again where I think the, the show did not pick the obvious. Yeah, mm. they they went they went for it to be just a little bit off, a little bit different. You know, he's he's more of a kingpin type yeah. with with a serious sadistic streak. Yeah, you know, he's manipulating things behind the scenes, and he's having his muscle manipulated up front. But he never he doesn't get his hands dirty to the ex- except to the extent that he feels like you know dishing out torture. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to be a physical threat because he's he he's got the physical threats working for it. Mm-hmm. Which does allow for a, uh, you know, for for the muscle to be completely defeated at the end. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it because then Nishka will just find the new muscle. Yeah, but I, really, I, I really like the. This is something the captain needs to do on his own. And and I I thought as soon as she said that I thought bullshit. And then he was like, No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. That was funniest. One of the funniest. Parts I, I never understood that in movies. That's such a yeah. cliche. You know, oh, he needs to do this himself. Well, what if he needs to do this himself and he gets killed because you let him do it himself? Yeah, uh, it's brilliant turning that on the head like that. It was, yeah, laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And then perfectly in character with Malcolm Reynolds, too. I mean, there, there <laughs> I'm sure there are fights. There are fights where Mel would be like, I got this, but <laughs> not that time. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, I've had a rough day already. Go for it, guys. I don't, I don't. I don't think it's that Mal doesn't have an ego, but I don't right. think his ego is reliant on his hand-to-hand combat prowess. It doesn't override his. Well, it, it has almost overridden his survival instinct one or, once or twice. But um. well, I think when it did, it wasn't. It wasn't totally ego. Like when he ended up in the duel in uh, what was that? Was that Shindig? Yeah. 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 You know, I I don't think that was his ego so much as it was jealousy. Right. No, that wasn't serving him very well either. No, it did. He, he it should have been it, dead in that episode. <laughs> but just the same, I don't think it was. I don't think it was the oh, I can defeat this guy in a duel, so I'm going to challenge him. Yeah, you know, right. what I mean? it, it was the you know he treated Inara badly, and I'm not going to allow that. Yeah, yeah. see, that's oh. one time his honor uh, wrote bigger checks than his abilities because if he didn't have the Inara wild card, that that's where the series ended. Uh, <laughs> One, one one thing that came to mind while I was watching this episode, and it was in the during the torture scene, and I was thinking about okay, if they let's say if they did come back with the show, they they've all gotten a little older, and I was just thinking, you know, would Nathan Fillion be able to do the physicality that they were doing here? Eh. You know, would it would it? I mean, he's not. I, hey, I'm a little pudgy. Okay, I'm a little fat. Yeah, I mean, and he's gotten a little bit more. Let's just say, Junke. beefy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, would would we buy beefy Mal versus the svelte Mal we had ten years here? down the road? Sure, you know. Oh, Mal, well, Mal I, you know 40s. what? I guess if they did push it ahead like that, okay. Yeah. What's Nathan Fillion about? Forty two, forty three, somewhere around there, maybe. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I don't think he's so old that he can't. No, I, I mean, I, I just... Him and get himself back into shape. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure he's not in as bad shape as we are anyway. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know. He's heavier than me now. <laughs> yeah, but you're, oh, like, you, you're, you're like a stick man. You're like a graham cracker. 
Well, there was a scene on. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. There was a scene in an episode I'll, I'll of Castle. Bill Scott and I are all heavier than Nathan Fillion by a bit. Well, well, you're, uh, well, you're, well you're thinner than me and Scott. My so. thigh is heavier than uh, Nathan Fillion for the most part. <laughs> he did have to run down an alleyway in a, a recent castle, <laughs> and um, it, it did look like he was struggling a bit. Oh, he was born in 71, so he's uh, 40. Five. But I could totally see that would just be Mal as Niska. He would just be the the, the portly guy that sits in his ship and hires his minions like Jane. To, you know, he makes Jane stay in shape and throws him out as cannon fodder. He just has more cannon I mean, fodder. I mean, I'm, my point is, is that Castle is not as physically demanding a role, I think, as Firefly would be, unless right. they just wrote that in. You know, mm. not saying the man couldn't do it. God knows I couldn't do it. You know, I probably couldn't do his role in Castle. So. Well, not you couldn't sit mind. down and pretend to write and then snog down a cat. That's that's beyond you. I think you could manage that quite easily. I'd have I'd have a tough well, time matching Stephen Hawking's physicality. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to try if they'd like to. You know, we you're much more castle. articulate. I will gladly. You know, we can bring back Castle. You know. Much better public speaker. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hawking's got nothing. Although the words I choose might not be as good. <laughs> I think Stephen Hawking's a better public speaker than me. That's, I don't think so. The jury's still out on that one, but yeah. Here it's, is the synopsis. Exterminate! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hawking is a Dalek. <laughs> Exterminate. <laughs> My vision is impaired. I cannot see. <laughs> How sad is it that we make fun of handicaps? <laughs> Oh, Stephen Hawking will be right here with us doing this. I think he's got a great sense of humor. The character of Walsh. Oh, damn it. Walsh. (laughs) I liked his wife, so. (laughs) E. (laughs) Maybe we should have the computer do a synopsis one day on one of these shows. You know how you can have the the read text thing? The only thing that bugs me about the Serenity, you would almost think that it would have, you know, a, the standard computer voice that science fiction vessels do, and you know, it would be a. Jill Barrett had died already. Yeah, yeah. And, Actually, Mal, Mal would probably go for like a hot right. He would have Yosef Bridges' uh, voice or something. You know? <laughs> we haven't got to Yosef Bridge yet, have we? Sorry. Well, uh, oh, I found a, <laughs> I found a shorter plot summary. Would you like to hear it? Oh, good. Why don't you read it, Bill? (laughs) Niska catches up with the Serenity crew. There you go. That's the plot summary. Hilarity ensues. There wasn't one mispronunciation in that one. (laughs) Niska. Niska. But, you know, I mean, if anybody doesn't know, we record two episodes at a time. This is how we do this show. So so we followed up this recording. uh, We had just done Ariel. And we were gushing about that one. Now, this one, clearly, everybody really liked it. But I think it didn't have the depth that Ariel had. And that's why we're going off on these tangents. Because I don't think there's as much to discuss on this episode, no, quite I frankly. It, it, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think it had a lot of nice little character beats. There's a lot of nice turning things on its head, which Joss Whedon's exceptionally good at. Like the bit you've mentioned about this is something the captain has to do on his own. No, it isn't. And uh, which yeah. one are you going to choose? Him. All of that was typically Whedon. It's very well written. It's very well performed. It's a nice episode for Alan Tidyuk's point of view because it gets to show 
exactly why Mal and Zoe are as close as they are, but he's got really nothing to fear that there isn't anything yeah. romantic going on. But yeah, it's it's a good, solid, entertaining episode, but there's not really much to it other than it's a nice character piece. Yeah, it's it's two sets. I mean, it's the torture and it's them getting ready to rescue him from the torture. So, I mean, that's in the little subplot about, you know, River and Apples, but that's about it. Mm. What, what do they call... What do they call it when they have an episode where they're trying to save money on sets and everything? Bottle show. Yeah, it almost feels a little bit like that, but a well-done bottle show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, that's mostly what this episode is, is character beats, you know, while, they, while they're being tortured and beforehand. A little convenient that Shepard mentioned that method of torture and everything, and then Nishka's doing the same thing and, and quoting the same thing. I, I don't know about the timing of that. That it just it's heavy-handed. I mean, it's a, it's a way to over, you know, foreshadow, you know, that that Shepherd book it might be even a little more mysterious guy than we even originally thought. You know, um, but just the timing of it just seems yeah, it's pretty heavy-handed. Well, <laughs> now does Niska's little space station? Because that looks like it should be something in orbit. I mean, normally in orbit around a planet. Why would? In the opening scene, we see them fly to one side of this planet. Do they know Niska's here? And if so, why would they risk coming back to this planet knowing he's nearby? I don't nearby? think so. It must be a movable station of some kind because he, he gets around. He obviously wasn't in the same planet in the train job, I don't think. I don't think we're led to believe that at all, are we? I don't know. It was a desert-style, desertish, northwestern-looking or western-looking planet. I don't, I don't think they really give you much insight as to the location this one compared to that one. Yeah. It could be the same exact planet, because this is where Mal knows to go, but you would think he'd be a little bit more careful to be Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scope it out. Or, or it could be a different planet and it's just fortuitous. I'm not sure. And I got a Star Trek 2 vibe, because they're on one side of the planet, and yeah. the and the space station's on the other, and I just saw, you know, pictured them flying around opposite, you know. Yeah, and Mal's already, you know, he already knows the Alliance is looking for him, so I gotta think he's pretty diligent when he goes into a system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, maybe not in this case. But yeah. you think they might have said something, hey, you know, we, we need to be careful, Nisk is, you know, but... You know. Well, we may not, it may be a thing where there's always these little private space stations, you know, around a moon here and there, and it's no big deal, and maybe you don't go out of your way to check to see who owns it when you're flying by one. That's no moon. (laughs) Well, that's, but that would be, I think that would be uncharacteristically cavalier on uh, Mal's part. Yeah. So... For that reason, I prefer to think it's a different planet and it's just, you know, the stars aligned wrong for them and it's a huge coincidence. Uh, although that becomes a little just, you know, a bit of a contrivance there. So yeah. no matter which way you look at it, there's a little weakness there. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's a coincidence because it's clearly, if they knew Niska was there, why does Zoe have to put it together that she knows who, who's got them? Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh. So so they mustn't know that he's there. But that does mm-hmm. beg the question, like Paul says, does the space station fly? I gotta think. I mean, it said, or or maybe Zoe put it together because they saw this space station on the way in, oh. and, and, you know, it's like, oh, I guess that's who may own well, that. Deep, well, Deep Space Nine can move. That's yeah, true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 
You know, slap a couple of warp that's engines our, on that puppy. That's our contention. Well, Deep Space, <laughs> Turok Nori can move, <laughs> sure, so... Yeah. So, you know, Star Trek obviously is going to adopt some of that. There go, quick. ipso facto. <laughs> yeah. Once you get to ipso facto, you know you won the conversation. <laughs> right. Right. That should be my new name. Are we ready to rate this one? Yeah. Dr. Ipso facto. Go on, Bell. Dr. You, ipso facto, you want to uh, go first? You want to go first, seeing as you synopsis Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is... It's got good key points, but it just doesn't, doesn't gel all together and... Like the last one did, uh, so I am going to give it. Um, I think I'm still going to give it four niskas, <laughs> or four no four severed ears. There you go. <laughs> you are knowing that this is your score, eh? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I enjoyed watching this. I really did. Not as much. The problem was it it was not. As good as Ariel, and I watched them, you know, effectively in the same week. Yeah. So it's it was a real, you know, it was solid. It was entertaining. It was enjoyable. It had good character moments. There was no real terrible weakness, despite the couple of things that we did point out about it. So originally, I thought, well, it wasn't as good as Ariel, but it was really good. So I'm going to go four point five. But the more I thought about it, nah, you know, the weaknesses were enough to bring it down a little bit more than that. So I'm going to just go four point oh. Yeah, I'm going to go for as well. It's it's in no ways bad. It's very entertaining and enjoyable. It is just not as good as out of gas or aerial. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll go for too, and it's probably as low as I'll ever go That's on true. any episode of Firefly. Um, just because it's actually, and you know, I just thought about a couple problems I have with it had with the episode just from talking today so that's that's an accomplishment considering how many times i've seen it um, for what it's worth uh, look i'm sorry to interrupt you scott no, looking no up a spreadsheet our lowest rated episode so far with the train job and safe mm-hmm. go ahead finish your uh, finish uh your but my own my only nitpicks with it are i love it for as i said it, it is a simpler plot it doesn't move the overall plot along that much except kind of we hey remember that guy from train job um Niska's almost, you know, cartoonishly bad as a villain. I mean, he's almost like a major cartoon villain, even more so than he was in Train Job. He's literally almost the, you know, sniveling, mustache-twirling guy. So it was almost a little over the top for him, uh, for me. Um, and the other problem I had was that I don't think that... If, if Niska is this, you know, galaxy-wide badass... I don't think that the Serenity crew can can rescue them. It's just I don't think it was it would have been logically feasible for them to actually rescue uh, Mal from him. But well, Mal did help out. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't I think they would have all been cut down within about twenty feet of the entrance, despite their best efforts. But mm. so glad they weren't. But uh, yeah, not that Jane and Zoe aren't. aren't major badasses but they had you know a veritable army on there i don't think i think the luck factor was a little too high for that particular uh rescue attempt but well, not surprise. totally luck because you had river to just take that three with uh you know practically one shot yeah uh, that that seemed a little clunky too some of the editing from the fight was a little clunky um because it was almost like and this is really nitpicking that that Kaylee was like right behind the main crew at one point, but then she like fell back. But then it's like three people got in between her and like Shepard Book, and that's the ones that 
that river. And it was always a little confusing to me. Well, because Book exactly how done, that was blocked out. Well, well, because Book did exactly Book and Simon did exactly what they told them not to do, and that was follow them. They went down that yeah. hallway to the left. Yeah, they were basically supposed to hold like, the line. I'm like, I'm. I'm going. No, they said hold the line. Where are you freaking going? Yeah. Well, but didn't didn't Jane call for help at one point? Mm, no, maybe he did. But 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 still, you're supposed to hold the ship. They have to get back to the ship. And shame on them for leaving Kaylee to watch their six then, because she obviously wasn't up for the job. So. Mm. But yeah, that's about it. I, I love the said it's some of the best character stuff between Wash and Mal that we get to see in the entire season and and um yeah you know and we get uh I'll be in my bunk so that it All right, that's that's I guess. sounds like that's it what are we doing next time around next time trash and that's not Ooh. my opinion of this show I get the feeling if, if Scott, if you were on this for every episode, when Andy gave his next time, every time you'd say, "Oh, good one." Yeah, I, I just did under my breath, and I was, yeah, no, I heard you that time, and I was thinking yeah. that would be like that would be like the standard every episode. Keep on flying. A Firefly podcast is a two true freaks presentation, and it's hosted by Shepard, Bill Robinson, Paul Spataro, and Andrew Leyland. All the music and sound clips used in the show is copyright Fox Broadcasting and is available to buy on the Firefly soundtrack by Greg Edmondson. If you like to buy that soundtrack, maybe you could do it through the Amazon link that is on the 2TrueFreaks.com website. It costs you nothing extra, but throws a few pennies in our tip jar, which helps us to continue to produce content like this. Every episode of Keep Flying is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. And remember, find a ship, find a crew, Keep flying.